This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Elton John. I'm on the Peter Crouch podcast. And in this episode of the Peter Crouch podcast, I'm talking about my new book, Whopper Forever, and, and everything about football that I love and enjoy. So please tune in. Hello, welcome to that podcast with me, Peter Crouch, uh, Chris Stark and the Notorious SID with me as usual. Special day today. Mm. Um, yeah. Something that's been threatening for a long time. We had, um, you know, even right back at the start, we, we were talking about me, you and Tom and it was like, you know, you'd, you wanted to get Elton John. Dream guest, wasn't it? Elton John. Yeah, we each was, got a dream guest, didn't we? That's You're right. We sat on a mission to, to bring the dream guest. I wanted Elton John on the podcast. You wanted Brazilian, Bra- Ronaldo. Brazilian Ronaldo. And Tom wanted Kim Jong-un. I remember listening to Kim Jong-un. I mean, uh, yeah. Kim, was he close? To- it was it was touch and go. We were, we were around the embassy in Ealing for a while. Um, but unfortunately, you know, Kim doesn't often frequent um, West Ealing. At the moment. You don't tend to find him out and about. He's not. Uh. He's not one for the. Uh, he's not been papped outside Nobu. Yeah. That kind yeah. of thing. Do you know what I mean? He's I'm not sure he comes city. over, but he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't often. I mean, I, I've not seen him in Brewdog Waterloo. <laughs> and also, there's, there's sort of dubious morals behind getting uh, Kim Jong Un on on the po- podcast. I would say, as ever with this podcast, don't rule it out. It's, it's, <laughs> don't rule it out. It's, this podcast goes in all sorts of directions. Yeah, and this is one of them. I mean, we've had some incredible people on the podcast. Been able to sit down with some amazing people from royalty to some of the biggest footballers in the world. And and this is right up there, Crouchy. Well, the thing is, we've we've managed to get Elton on the podcast, right? And um he that that you know, when it all came about, it's bizarrely, I mean, he's across everything. I didn't realise quite how much he was across it. And uh through a friend of a friend, you know, he's Elton John's managed to get my number. And I almost remember I was sitting, I was on my way up to a game in Manchester, and uh on my way, and I got a call. And I was briefed that potentially someone would call me and it was a kind of home Windsor number. And I thought, oh my God, this, this is it. So, and I have Peter Selton. And he said, I've heard you talking about me on the podcast and you'd love to have me on. I'd absolutely love to come on. And I was obviously taken back. Like, this is a, incredible. My, the, drive, the fellow who was driving me was like, my friend, I seen him looking in the mirror going, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> obviously, you know, what, what an amazing fellow. Then COVID hit, we had a few issues, him not coming on. And then obviously he's bringing his book out, mm. um, you know, about his time at Watford and, and, and what a wonderful... So he's at Vicarage Road and we've got the it's opportunity... It's perfect excuse, yeah, isn't it? To, uh, to interview well, today. But, but that's a really important point as well, is it's not just Elton John on this podcast. What I think makes it extra special is Elton John at Vicarage Road... <laughs> And we did this sit-down chat with him. We got quite a bit of time with him. Very lucky. I don't think many people got this sort of time with him. Uh, at Vicarage Road, on a personal level, just insane to bring the podcast. You know, we all love doing 
to Vicarage Road, that would have been good enough. Mm. But then to be sat there with the Elton John stand in the mm. background yeah. and interview Elton John was... Fitting. Oh, it was something something special. special what, what about... Let's start with Vicarage Road, though. Your mm. experiences of playing at Vicarage Road or was it quite nice to be back there and, and doing something a little bit different? I'd actually been there in the season. I'd done a bit of co-coms for the Watford-Blackburn game, which I'm sure you was at as well. Mm. Uh, but it's improved a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. It used to be... Where, where the dugouts uh, are, that stand wasn't the greatest of stands, but it was quite open on the on the Yeah, right well, that, that stand was largely, you couldn't use it for many years. Near the away so fans, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that was, so by the dugouts was, that stand wasn't in use. And then the away stand wasn't obviously how it looks today. And they've sort of filled in the corners. It. The stadium looks good. I love it now. It's good. All yeah, black. It's good. You scored some good goals there? I, mean, I had some good memories there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember scoring scored a few down there uh, I remember one particular game at, at Liverpool bizarrely I was playing on the left of a three kind of up front left of, of a three so who was pacing behind it was Bellamy I think it might have been Dirk Kite or Fowler and then and me wow. just to the left I was like what kind I've never done this before and Raffle was like <laughs> front three uh, Raffle was like uh, <laughs> we're trying something different today and I was like oh you know great obviously that doesn't involve me anything yeah. different right? <laughs> and he was like I want to show you like, pardon <laughs> but bizarrely I probably had the worst game of my life uh, but scored two goals. So oh. it kind of worked. It was like, I was pulling kind of in between the, uh, the centre-half and the full-back and, and they couldn't really, couldn't really deal with me in those areas. And it was, uh, it's, well, I didn't play well at all because when I was tracking the winger oh, back <laughs> to my own heart, yeah. I was all over shot. But then when I was, you know, get up near the goal, I, I found myself in quite a bit of room and yeah, got a couple of goals. It's funny to think I would have seen you both play at Vicarage Road. And then we're all together. At, I don't want to be over romantic about this, but it was like this for me. And I've got you boys. We've got the podcast. We're sat up in a nice room. Elton John stand in the background, and we were waiting for Elton John, weren't we? And I was, it was nervous. Kind of a, I could tell you were nervous. Were you? I was nervous. You never, you never no. outwardly showed it. You know, no. I was. You were quite More quiet. So than, yeah, actually. My major concern was just before we were, just before Elton John entered the room, we were coming up with uh, an alternative 11. We were just sort of killing time <laughs> with, and I can't quite remember what the theme was, but I suddenly noticed all these people were in there. And they filtered in. And we one of just... us is, is silenced for a second. All you hear is Elton Dong. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. Shane Schlong. This isn't going yeah. to happen, this whole thing. But, but we love the, we love our 11s. We do. Yeah, and we yeah. actually have got a bit, of a bit of admin to get through before we get into to Elton John. Can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. But um, we we are. We, that's coming in a minute. But should we, should we get through the message from Jordan? Yes, we've got a couple of messages. Let's do a couple of messages. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm a big fan of these 11s, as we, as we all know, as we all are yeah. in this room. Um, got a Christmas 11 here for you. Great. Yeah. So, Pepe Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Namas. <laughs> Ashley Cole, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Angel Gabrangel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Angel. Yeah. yeah. Or Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Gab yeah. Gabriel. Yeah. The Angel Gabriel. Or I Brett. Guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett Angel. Yeah. Feel Angel. If you like that. Uh, Rory de Lapland. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Wiseman. <laughs> Dennis Wiseman. Frankincense Lampard. Uh, Big fan of that. Danny Murphy. Oh, sorry, Mur. Yeah, got you. Danny Murphy. Sorry. Uh, Santa Cazorla. Yeah. Big fan. Um, Andy Carroll's. Yeah. Uh, Rudolph Van Nistelrooy. Belter. <laughs> He's never heard that before, is he? <laughs> He's run through the subs for us. It's a belter, is it? 
Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Giggs in blankets. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight Yorkshire pudding and Jamie Carragher. Oh, there we are. Ryan Giggs in blankets. That's is, that uh, is underrated brilliant. that. Yeah. It's, it's a great 11. More festive 11s. Any other players, feel free to get in touch and, and let us know. We've got any other messages, Sids? Uh, yeah, we've got a message from Simon here. Hi, lads. Simon here, a.k.a. the Horse Whisperer, a.k.a. the Bubble Blower. Interesting, yeah. This is going to be interesting to see where this goes. Uh, I've got a couple more juicy manager stories oh, did, to share. Sorry, I forgot about this guy. This was yeah. the West Ham That's it. Uh, insider. Yeah, yeah. You called him the Whistleblower. He thought he was, he was the Horse, horse Whisperer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so here we go. This one involves Slaven Bilic managing at West Ham. Many listeners would know that he loves, or he was, or he is a serious smoker, Ooh. casually putting away 40 to 50 a day, even as a player. But as a manager, and on the Hammers game day, he'd have no qualms chuffing away in the manager's office, which was located in the tunnel area of Upton Park. Pre-game, half-time and full-time, the tunnel would absolutely stink and smoke could regularly be seen billowing out from the cracks of the door. That would usually be accompanied by a lot of angry swearing and it wasn't, as it wasn't the best of seasons for the Irons. Okay, but the highlight was one specific game where he was smoking so much at half-time he set the firearm off in the tunnel and they had to delay the restart by a few minutes as officials thought it was a real fire and they may need to... Uh, evacuate the stadium. Safe to say the smoke alarm was later removed from his office as was Bilic soon after. Oh, and just to make the story a bit more spicy, he used to sit at the back of the team bus on away days and chuff away. I will be in touch with another story in the near future. How does he know that on the away bus? So this, this fella, right, did the horse whisperer. <laughs> I think <laughs> I reckon he's uh, he's as he'll now be known. By the way, I think he must be involved. He must be he must be involved. He's, well, he's got to be in and around. I hope so. Otherwise, he's literally making up stories about That's people. What I mean, he's in and around. Like he, he he's been on kind of like the 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 preseason trips. Yeah, I have heard. I have heard he was on the back of the bus as well, having a a, a toot with a few. Yeah, of the I've spent some, I've spent time with Slavin Village. He's come down and visit. Um, Nico Cranchar, Luka Modric, and Shaw Luka at uh, Tottenham. Obviously, they're big, big players in the in the Croatian team when he was Croatian manager. And like, yeah, he, he did. He's quite comfortable having a fact, I know yeah. that. And he's also comfortable with the lads, like chatting with the lads even when he was manager. Like mm. they loved him. Yeah, they absolutely. A lot. So, loved would he him do training? Just have a dart on? Would yeah, he? really. Yeah, yeah. So it feels <laughs> quite old school, doesn't it? it? Does a bit, yeah. But I don't know those Croatians, mate. They're they're. Of every kind of Croatian player I've came across, I've like really got got on well with. They were just uh, the no great lads. They yeah. got a kind of a sort of an English British mentality, yeah, haven't they? Maybe. That's why they probably fit in like a drink. Oh, they fit you know, in really well. And like you know, Bilic is just whenever I've come across Slavin Bilic, yeah. I remember doing the um, I did the World Cup in France with him. It was the Euros, was it the Euros? Yeah. I remember this Euros, the BBC with the um, it was actually ITV. I did it with, and Bilic was on. Uh, and uh, ah, like what a top man! Mm. Like great, great guy. Seems a good guy. But yeah, did like a fag. Like a fag. It's interesting insight, isn't it? <laughs> you know, from the couple of stories that we've had from the horse whisperer. Do you think you know kind of what position in the club he might be? What What do you suspect? Where are you going to go? I was looking at kind of player liaison. Oh, really? Like, oh, into it. Or, or like that's a massive scalp, isn't it? If if it is ex player liaison. Do you know what I mean? Like. It's got to be someone that's, well, I mean, to get access to the tunnel, 
you press, know. Assistant press operations. <laughs> it's got to be an assistant. Uh, assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's going to be close. I can see more of these coming out. That's, uh, but that's a good one. That forty to fifty a day he was going. That's Prozanecki was the best I've seen in, in the dressing room and stuff. Robert Prozanecki mm -hmm. playing at Portsmouth. Yeah, Croatia, mm -hmm. like Real Madrid, Barcelona. He was an unbelievable player. But yeah, just used to just. I mean, Harry let him do it, but like at half time, he'd just be uh, in the showers, um, having a having a fag. But like every time he say uh, Robbie, and he'd just poke his head around. <laughs> Gather. <laughs> I need you in the hole. Like keep getting on the ball, side. He goes, sweet. <laughs> I go, I go back in the shower. Just saw smoke coming out from the, the side. But it was one of those. Like, obviously, you don't get away with that if you're a normal player. But no. if you're him, I mean, a man was a genius. It's kind of culture, isn't it? Uh, what if they do it to de-stress, just to yeah. keep calm. That that shower room was weird, you know. Like by the way, Sean Derry used to throw up for every game. Like it was like a nervous energy. So, so like Robbie would be in there having a fag, Stez would be throwing up. Sounds like a Friday well, night outside of Bowser. Yeah, no, <laughs> but like, good, great, great times. That was my first, like my second season in professional football watching it. But that's the thing. Do you remember the times before the smoking ban? I don't want to make it sound, I'm not sort of glorifying it. I'm just no, saying, no, let's, like, we're not glorifying it. But, but do you remember how different it would be in like, and then do you remember the biggest scare with nightclubs around that time was what they're going to smell like? Because the smoking ban covered up everything. Oh, the smoking covered yeah. everything, didn't it? And th but, but actually it was all right. Yeah. But I remember there was one nightclub I was working in where they planted flowers in the nightclub to try and... Because they were worried it was everyone's going to be able to smell each what? other. Real flowers. Real flowers. Like, it's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? Like, wow. Are you yeah. saying like people are sweating on dance yeah, floor, yeah, but it's yeah. going to be a bit musky? Yeah, because everyone's dancing, sweaty. Yeah. They're worried about what nightclubs were going to smell like. Oh, God, yeah. Mad times, isn't that. it? Yeah. yeah. It's, what's so weird is like living through the fore and after. Like, it is, it used to stink. Oh, I think it's it was fun. I remember my dad, my dad's, um, my mate's uh, dad, we used to walk home from school together. We'd go past the pub and he said, Oh, I've got any keys. And his dad, would always be in love. <laughs> but we'd walk in as kids to get the keys of him, come out as if we'd had a, not like yeah. three yeah. days on the piss. Yeah. <laughs> it was mad. If you did now. Or, th yeah. or think about like restaurants, you'd, you'd choose whether you want a smoking table or a non-smoking table, but the smoking table was like right, right next door, door to yeah. it. Yeah. So, oh yeah. It's mad. Well, I can smoke on an airplane. I've never been, so I, that's way before my time. Oh, I remember. You, have you ever smoked on an aeroplane? No, I've not smoked on an aeroplane, but I remember. But they yeah, still but... put the signs up, which I find a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I think we've you... all moved on. But I, I just can't believe how quick we moved on. Like, I remember yeah. it coming in, I thought, ah, there's absolutely no way that's going to cut. No one's going to abide by that. And then obviously now it's just ridiculous no, to yeah. even just think of it. Our smoking will be gone in next. What, what do you think? It's like They're trying to, aren't they? I think they'll be gone. They're trying to. Yeah. Oh, well, we've know. tackled smoking yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> There's any direction. Thanks to Slav and Billy. Elton John on the way, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
last week that Ryan's just had a little girl, mm. uh, Sonny. Uh, or Sonny, named after the Spurs legend. Uh, so he's not in here, here in person to introduce you to the beer, but we'll do from afar. So what's he got for us? Here it is. Crouchy Chris Notorious. It's Ryan here. I uh, hope you're all doing well. Um, I have to say, I do much prefer serving you guys the pints in person. Um, it's definitely not the same doing it down the phone. Um, uh, but I guess I know how you guys feel having to record remotely now. Um, as you're aware, um, I usually come in and serve you a beer and leave you with it for a few weeks and give you a little bit of time to get through plenty of them. But since it's the end of the year, we're going to shake things up and bring back some of our favourites from the past few months. So next up is Wingman. I know we all had a great time drinking that one. Launching this one was definitely one of the highlights of our year at BrewDog. Um, this beer wasn't about the taste of notes at all um, or the process that we went through. It was all about making sure that we had an amazing time with mates, sharing a few jars, having some good jokes. So it's definitely a perfect fit for the pod with you guys. It's a nice, beautiful, delicious, crisp, 4.3% pale ale. So once again, I hope you really, really enjoy it. Before I go, though, as always, I do have a question for you, inspired by the beer that we're getting into. So, guys, I want you to tell me, who is your wingman of the year? Who's that one person or player who's always been there to get the party started and make sure that everybody has a good time? For me, definitely following from Man City's title celebrations at the end of the season, it's got to be Grealish, doesn't it? Enjoy the beer, guys, and I'll catch you soon. Nice. All right. Well, let's kick this off. What we said about Wingman, it's been um, it's been good this year with this, hasn't it? The, the beverage. Yeah. The beer yeah, itself, yeah, yeah. 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 The beer itself, is, it's, it's gone down a storm. Like that's, yeah. this, 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 what, I'll be honest with you, this wasn't on my radar until we started this and uh, it's firmly on radar now. Do you find that um, on social, on, on X and Instagram, you get tagged in pictures of people drinking Wingman? Yeah. It's like when they come yeah. to the Brewdog here... And they kind of want to say, oh, we're in the place you do the party. They tend to order the wingman. That's what I've noticed. Mm. It's well it's and great. truly on the map, isn't it? It's uh, it's an easy drinking beer, isn't it? That's what's nice. It's got, a, it's got a nice taste. You can have a few and you feel great after. Mm. I yeah. think I think the word that Ryan used was sessionable. It's <laughs> uh, a word that I've, incu- easily I've incorporated into my vocabulary. Yeah, Sessionable. And then just sort of... Thinking about wingmen in in football mm. and what it is to be a, a wingman, I've got a few suggestions here of footballers. I've that got a suggestion have myself. Demonstrated. Well. You want to what nominate you go, yourself? You go first. But I'm, nominate yourself. I'm not nominating myself. I'm nominating Stephen Sidwell ah. for uh, wow. slipping into the, the podcast so very easily. Yep. You know, it's quite easy to to bring a wingman in and it not work out. Very, but very true. I'd, I'd just give an honorary mention to the notorious SID. I feel like he slipped in well. But this is this is the one I yeah. think for me. This is the wingman, Jason Tindall, the Newcastle assistant, mm. for always being by his boss's side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too close sometimes, but well, sometimes in front. <laughs> <laughs> Not often. Sometimes excited. Sometimes in front of him. It's an excited wingman. <laughs> he is. He's he enjoys. It's a great he shout. Loves his wingman status. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's doing great stuff at Newcastle, isn't he? Do we think uh, going into next year as well? Do you think he'll stay there, or do you think he'll break free? And sort of no, 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 no. I just think he'll always be. He's a wingman Eddie's, role. Eddie's wingman. Yeah, they're, they're doing great work up there. 
Okay, well, that's Wingman of the Year done. I think we're all agreed. Jason Tindall with the shout there. Um, but what awards do you guys have in mind? A quick reminder that over the next few weeks, we're going to be handing out some special awards to mark our favourite things that happened this year. And we want your help. So we want you to nominate a mate for an award of your choosing and tell us the story behind it. Tell us the best ones and we will read those out or some of them on the podcast and our favourite winners will get a special video message from us. So I guess we're looking for stories of where people have stepped up to be a decent wingman uh, mm. to you. Yeah. And and I think everyone's got one of these stories in them, right? No, without, without doubt. Yeah, we've had some belters in so far. Yeah. Keep them coming. Yeah. We've been getting a few of these in already. Um, these ones are from Instagram. I'll, I'll do the first one in SIDS. I think you've got a few there, right? Um, yep. Happy Jack nominates the Notorious SID for Breakthrough Rapper of the Year award. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I don't think there's any, I'm trying to think, anyone kind of bigger come through this year I think that's, in the rap game, Sid. I think I might have that one locked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, Central, Central C. Central, 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 Central C, but I mean, you know, he's good. He's been going for a few years. You know, maybe, maybe you've, you know. Central Sids. Central Sids. Uh, Emma Harrison nominates her dad, Clive, for Complainer of the Year. He's just demanded a replacement security light for the back garden as it won't turn on. Turns out he had fixed the light facing the back of the garden fence. Oh, he's done it the wrong way around. Unbelievable scenes. Oh. All right, we love that. Uh, keep the nominations coming on social. And while we're at it, if you want to enjoy a sip of Wingman like we're doing right now, head over to brewdog.com where customers can get 15% over using uh, the, ca- the code CROUCH15 at checkout. Enjoy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. What a privilege to be sat here at Vicarage Road uh, with the man himself, Mr. Sir Elton John. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for doing this. It's lovely. You've been asking me to do this for so long and now <laughs> I've come off the road and I'm available. We have. We've been on your back quite a bit about this. <laughs> so I appreciate you humouring us. Chris is obviously very, very excited. Obviously, he's a huge Watford fan and a pinner boy. Well, this so, is a pinner boy. Yeah, yeah. Where's from? Mm. Where? where? Well, just what road? Cannon Lane? Cannon Lane, that's... Yeah, where I used to go to school, in a county. Yeah, yeah, so just yeah. down the road. Yeah. So this is it. I think it's an interesting place to start because we both grew up in Pinner, both huge Watford fans. So we sort of had the same start, but then slightly different paths. Yeah, we're still hoping. You're not you. as old as I am. So, <laughs> still I've got hope. to come, have I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to start, obviously, Watford Forever um, is the book. Uh, that you've you know, obviously wrote with John Preston here. Um, I've halfway through at the moment. This is right up our alley as a podcast because football nostalgia and you know football of this age uh, means a lot to us. And uh, you know, obviously, your time at Watford was was unparalleled. Like going from the old fourth division to to the first division, an FA Cup final, absolutely incredible. But I just want to start really with you know how did it all come about? How did your love for Watford? Come about Take was it a person? Boy. Yeah. What, what made you love Watford? Um, well, my local club. 
Mm. Um, Pinner's only about six miles up the road. And so I used to get either the Metropolitan Line to Watford um, or, or the um, I'd go to Hatch End and get the other line and go to Watford uh, uh, High Street mm. and, and walk, to, walk to Watford. But I used to go with my dad and that's when they played in blue. Mm. Um, so I know I've, I'm really ancient as far as this goes. And also when I was a young kid, my cousin played for Fulham, um, Roy Dwight. And so I used to sit on the touchline at Craven Cottage uh, uh, with Johnny Haynes, Jimmy Hill, all wow. those, Tosh wow. Chamberlain, Tony Macedo, um, all um, all in the team. Um, and so football was really run in my family. But Watford is my big love because, it, it you know, it's my local team. Mm-hmm. And I think once it starts in, you know, embedded in your soul, you can never get rid of it. And f- f- the last couple of years have been really painful. Uh, <laughs> and I dread weekends. <laughs> but it's, it's been a magic place. Listen, when I first came here with my dad, we used to stand just down there and there was just two little old wooden stands. Mm. And to see it now and to see how far we've come, um, for me, it's just extraordinary. And I get very emotional about it. And, and for me and Sid's obviously that, you know, played the game. Obviously, we, we've stood on terraces ourselves. And then as players, you think, oh, I've, I feel like I've, you know, really achieved something yeah. playing in you know, professional football. But for you to be standing there with your dad and then, you know, having a, a stand named after yeah. you now and, 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 and also owning the football club. I mean, how did, how, did, how did it come about and how did it feel when you were? Well, Watford were couldn't have been in a worse position. We, I mean, they were 92nd in the league, which is the bottom. Um, and someone said, you should do something for Watford. So I did a concert uh, with Rod Stewart um, and we raised some money for the club and I got to know the chairman, Jim Bonser, um, and they made me a vice president and then I got bitten. And I just wanted to... No, we weren't going anywhere. There was a dog track. It was horrible. Um, I think he'd had enough. And so consequently, uh, to cut a long story short, I bought the club from him. Um, and then I appointed Graham Taylor, which was extraordinary because I was a pop star and I had to interview someone who, I had to interview our football manager. And I thought, what am I going to talk about? But he came to my house and I said, listen, I want to go into Europe. And we were bought with the league. Um, so he said, really? I said, yeah. And, he's, and he obviously believed that I had the passion to go as far as him, uh, to go as far as we could. Um, and so he said yes to my astonishment and we started to, uh, to motor. Um, we appointed Bertie Mee from Arsenal. We appointed a proper secretary, Eddie Plumley. Tom Wally became our youth guy. Um, and the, and the adventure started and it was one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me in my whole life by loving football as a kid and watching. Mm. I remember one day, um, I couldn't afford to come in. So um, my dad had a dormobile van and I stood on the top of the van at the Vicarage Road end and watched the, the game above the, above the wall. Um, uh, and we were playing Hartlepool in the snow in the FA Cup. So it's, it's embedded in me and I love it. I love the, the thing about the thing was about the whole journey was the community. Mm-hmm. The feeling of everyone in the club being so great, so close to you. Uh, you know, I, I I work in a business which can be very sycophantic and, you know, a lot of bullshit. Mm. There was no bullshit here. There was just like, oh, don't, not, don't like your new single. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they tell you how it I, is. Bloody awful, that is. Um, uh, but it was, you know, you knew the women who do the washing, mm. the people who made the tea, the groundsmen, everything like that. And Graham was very much a big part of wanting that mm. to become even larger. So we got the family... Um, um, 
section in the stand. Um, and we were the first club to ever do that. Mm. And so it was just a joyous experience. When you're on, you know, when you, you've been, you've played football um, and you know that when you play football and you've got a thing going and it's clicking well, mm. um, it's the same when you've got a band together and you're having success as a musician. There's momentum. Um, and once you get momentum and belief in yourself, then you're unstoppable, basically. Mm. Elwin, you was the first sort of global superstar um, celebrity owner of a football club. Um, doing that alongside, obviously, your music industry, yeah. juggling the both of them must have been hectic. But when you was here, did you feel like this was your piece? Because we've played football and when you're on the pitch, all troubles and all the worries go away. Did you I've feel that when you were here? I was so happy when I was here. Mm. Much happier than I was when I was you know, in, in my business. Yeah. Um, because these were the people I grew up with. They were real people. Was it like an escape for you? It was... It was just heaven, manna from heaven. It was just people who were down to earth mm. that I grew up with. Mm. Um, um, no hidden agendas. Um, it was wonderful. It was one of the most wonderful periods of my life. Uh, and I feel so grateful that, that it happened. Mm. Because not because of just the success, but from what I've learned, the, learn, uh, the love I got from the community here, um, you just, you, you can't buy that sort of stuff. And it was... Coming here was just like, thank God I'm here. Mm. And I used to go in the supporters club and see them after the game. It was, we were a team. Mm. Um, I think football has changed so much now that you don't get that so much. Mm. In the big, you know, with the top six. But you maybe get it with the Ipswich Towns and the Chesterfields who are doing great mm. and the Stockports and the Wrexhams mm. and the Notts Counties. Mm. You know, the momentum you get from them um, I mean, you look at those clubs I just mentioned. Chesterfield were in the um, playoffs last year and they lost to Notts County in one of the best matches I've ever yeah, seen. Um, and this year, they're top of the league mm. and they're carrying that momentum forward. And I really love that. And it's mm. like, yes, that reminds me of what I did with Watford. What you did with Watford. What's obviously Graham Taylor was such a, a huge part of that. And he's someone that's obviously very close to my heart as well. He he signed me at Aston Villa um, when no one really believed in me. Right. And he did believe in me. And, I, and I, to this day, it's one of my biggest regrets was not doing it for him at Villa, not being the player I wanted to be. Um, but the class of the man, when I played for Liverpool and I played for England, I always remember I was at Villa Park and he came running down, he was doing the press and he came running down and he said to me, I knew, I knew you'd do it. Yeah. And he used to text me after England games and he had the belief in me before anyone did. And he's obviously someone that I owe a lot to. And I assume you have, you know, obviously a, a, an incredible relationship with him. He's or like did my have. brother. Mm. He was like, um, I was like his older brother. Um, it's very strange. I had two major relationships in my career. Bernie Taupin, who writes my lyrics, came from Lincoln. And Graham Taylor came wow. from Lincoln. Mm. Mm. Um, wow. And those people have had, have taught me so much. They've been there for me. They're, you know, Graham could be very tough with me and he never, you know, but never held back. But he was always compassionate and he was, we were always talking about football all the time. What player have you seen? What do you think of this player? What do you think of that player? Um... Um, and the boy who bought um, Morris, um, what was that, centre, centre forward, Morris Johnson. Mm -hmm. And he scored, I said, he's an amazing player. And Graham said, yeah, let, let's get him. So we did. I think he scored five goals at Wolves in his first game. Hey, yeah, unbelievable. He knew a player. Well, I'd say that because he liked me. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but who is, who is your favourite player? Like, I've all, obviously, Luther Bliss, it swings to mind. Oh, you know, John Barnes, you know, a young John Barnes. You say Barnes and yeah. Blissett and Jenkins. Mm -hmm. 
Callahan. Um, I love people like Ian Bolton, mm. Sam Ellis, who was our first captain. Yeah. Um, Andy Rankin, our goalkeeper, and then Tony Colton was an amazing mm. goalkeeper. Steve Sherwood. Um, they never really got the credits that the you know the forwards always get the credit. Peter, you know that. Mm. <laughs> um, but obviously, our best player ever was John Barnes, uh, without question. But Nigel Callahan, that wing power with Barnes and Callahan on both flanks, and Jenkins and Blissett in the middle. You were gonna, if you were a defender, you were up against it. You yeah. were really up against it. Yeah, amazing. You're still about knowledge for your team, but you've also got a ridiculous knowledge for other players, other clubs. There's so many stories you hear that you've told someone else, you need to go and look at these two youngsters at this club. They're great. And they're thinking, yeah. they, they even even heard of them. And then yeah. before you know it, a month goes by and they're on the grapevine and then they're, oh, that's the one. That the two I'm always said. looking at players from all divisions. Who, who would you say that you've probably picked out as a player that's gone on to, to achieve John Barnes being one, I suppose. Well, I didn't pick him no. up. That was Graham. I saw him um, uh, when he was 16 and put him in the side straight away. Mm. That's the thing. Don't, you know, put him in there. How's he going to learn if he doesn't play? Mm. Um, that's the thing. You know, don't, you know, they're always holding players back from, don't play him in the big team, uh, the England team. Let him stay with the other 21s. How the hell? So glad Cole Palmer's in the England squad. He's a mm. great player. He's yeah. one of the future. I think mm. he's going to be a wonderful player. But he is a good player, but he's going to be a wonderful player. So give people a chance when they're young. You know, don't, we're just holding them back. They want to learn when they're young. Mm. Don't hold them back. Just Luther Blissett was another one. Luke Graham gave him the chance and he just blossomed. Mm. Um, it's always fun to see great players um, when they're younger um, and, and see them do well. Mm. I'm, I, a, I'm a very pro player person. Yeah. I just got to touch on obviously the FA Cup moment. I mean, how. How special was that? I mean, and how emotional were you on the on the day? Well, I was very emotional, too yeah. emotional probably. But um, when I hear um, a bye with me, and with a, I always oh. cry at that in any cup final. <laughs> what I, what reg, I regret about the the cup final was, in my career, you get certain moments, more moments than a footballer does, uh, of playing huge huge events and having to pull them off, like mm. Madison Square Garden, Dodger Stadium. Glastonbury, but various. I've had so many in my life. As a footballer, you don't get that very often. You don't get to a cup final very often. You don't win the Premier League very often. What I regret now is not saying to Graham, let me go in there and chat to them. Uh, I would have gone in there and said, listen, this is such a big thing for us. You can win this. Don't let it go. This is your maybe your only chance to get in this. You can do it. We've got the player to do it. Don't freeze. And they. I think what happened on that day, we just thought it was enough for us to be there. Mm -hmm. And I think I could have made a difference if I'd have talked to them beforehand and given them, you know, what Graham would have given them, but I, and from a different angle. Mm. You know, this is in your graft. Don't let it go. Elton, you did one of the most amazing team talks was to this stadium when you performed here. Was it last summer? Yeah. It was one of the best nights of my life. I was saying to the guys, I was here for the concert with all my friends, all my family. It was such a wonderful day and you gave this incredible team talk and I think you're right it would have been amazing the idea you could have done that before, before I that think I think I should have well. done and I regret it and sometimes you need a different point of view rather than a football point of view to come in on it just you know this was the biggest if we'd have won that we'd have soared as a club um, we'd have gone from another level to another level and it's one of my great requests, regrets that I never said it to Graham and I should have done the team talk mm. Do you know with, with the book, uh, is this something or the reasons for, for, for doing it? Obviously, it's an incredible story, but obviously you've got your, your two boys as well. Like I, I always try to show my kids, you know, daddy was 
was all right, you know. <laughs> They've got absolutely no interest, but I try to. It's obviously something that you know your boys you can you can you can share with with your family, and it's it's almost like a legacy. Because well, my boys are crazy about what mm. they've been mascots. They went to the cup final. They were mascots at the cup final when mm. we lost to Manchester City. Um, they're Watford through and through. Mm. Um, and when I get down in, at the weekends when, when we lose, and we've been losing a lot recently, or you know, in the last eighteen months. It's been a bit of a nightmare. It gets worse as you go on. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. The defeats and the you know the results affect you more. It's mm. crazy. Why, why is that? Do you think? Is it just because know. you want to see what I would love to be hypnotised and, and say, "Get me out of this. Get me out of this." But if you're stuck with it for your life, the team you love is always going to let you down or make you feel a hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. It. Well, I've been there because I've been one of the ones letting them down. To <laughs> you said about moments there. And again, like in, in your life in general, Madison Square Gardens, all these special arenas that you've done, the games that you've seen, the hard yards, the early years when you took over at Watford, you know, when you got promoted at Wrexham and the, the victories of the pitches at, at Hull away, them, them moments there when you've gone from each division up, yeah. really probably you, you can go back to and go, you, you, you cherish them more than anything, I, I guess, because you got, you got to where you wanted to get to. Yeah, well, one of the greatest moments of my life, I was, don't know where I was, I wasn't in England. I used to listen to the away, uh, the home games on hospital radio here. And it was the Southampton game where we'd lost 4-0 on the first leg uh, of the League Cup, I think. And then we came here, they came here, very cocky, and they, we beat them 7-2 and, and progressed. That was one of the greatest nights of my life. I've listened to games all over the world, in China, New Zealand, Japan, mm, Australia, um, I was in Paris when we got to the cup final when we beat Plymouth 1-0. Have you, have you ever had to reschedule a music, one of your no, musical events for the love no. of Watford? <clears throat> I haven't. That's why I was in Paris playing when we were in the semi-final. Um, I couldn't do anything about it. Um, no, but I've loved, I've played here for quite a few times for the club and, um, you know, I've played for this stand. Over mm -hmm. there. Um, mm. I've put a lot of money into the club and I don't regret one single penny of it. it I couldn't have bought the six or seven million pounds at least that I put into the club, I couldn't buy that happiness uh, anywhere else. It was just, it was extraordinary. It was not like a penance or here I go again. It was an adventure. It was a journey that, you know, we all enjoyed and loved. Um, and, well, you know, I won't ever do anything like that again because I'm not involved in football and football's changed mm. so much mm. financially. Um, but I still root for the, the smaller teams. Mm. You know, I really think, you know, football is a grassroots game. Yeah. And once you get rid of that and once you lose sight of that, and I watch football in in, in the second division and I watch football in, in the conference and it's good. It's good. Mm. And it's, um, I'm a great believer in the underdog. Yeah. No, it's listen. No, to say thank you so much. Mm. Yeah. And there's no, the there's no greater story, you know, like you're going from the, from the bottom of the fourth division to, to the first division. Obviously, you've been a success in, in everything you've done and I'm sure the book will be a great success as well. Uh, there's plenty of us behind the camera who are actually at Glastonbury as well, by the way. Uh, and I have to say, um, it was, that was one of our finest moments as well. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. A surreal day and one that I'll never ever forget. Yeah, yeah. He he 
honestly blew me away. Like just global icon superstar, but so down to earth and knew so much about football. That's that's the one, isn't it? Like Fucking, I was amazed. Like the ins and outs of kind of lower league stuff, you know, who's top of the league, what players that are, are impressing, you know, what players he wants to sign for Watford. Yeah. Mm. You know, like County so much, Chesterfield. Like, County, he's Chesterfield, watching yeah, games. Of all the... Watching Wales in Welsh. Get on that one. Yeah. Yeah, he was away, yeah, and he watched it in Welsh. Extremely proud of Watford. Extremely proud of Pinner yeah. as well. When that interview ended, he, he sort of hung around a, a little bit and we were talking to him. And, uh, and yeah, he just really, he really cares about football and he really cares about where he's from. Mm. I think that mm. really came across with it. And just so mad. Like, I just found it insane every time I looked behind and looked out the window. And if you go onto our YouTube, you can see the interview there. Um, with his stand in the background, do you see what that guy? Yeah. I mean, we're parching him here, but we have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, you know, yeah. I think that's okay. The, the, the lyrics as well on the yeah. thing, and even when you pull up to Vicar Road, I didn't realise there was like there's been two murals, isn't there? There's like yeah. the one kind of on the bridge is on the way in, and then they've one like next to the ground. Yeah, such Ooh, a special yeah. guy, special chat. Um, we, we've been so lucky with some of the people we've had on the podcast, haven't Ooh. we? And that's that's right up there. So mm. please let us know your thoughts and make sure you, you sort of, there's going to be loads of clips of this on social doing around. So um, feel free to share it about because I think a really special chat. Yeah, 100%. You know, there's one question I did want to ask him, but I never did. Just obviously like, <clears throat> we both love Graham Taylor. You know, Graham Taylor like was instrumental in my in my career. I wanted to ask him about like how he felt when he, when Graham was going through what he went through with England, you know, like what, because obviously he was so close to him. I wonder how yeah. he kind of, wonder if he reached out to him. He and, definitely did. Yeah. He did. He must have done because he reached out to so many other people, mm. didn't he? And yeah, and when he was saying about his sort of regret of not doing that team talk and things like that, I think he does seem very responsible, doesn't he? He seems very responsible for other people and, and the stuff that he's involved in. So yeah, I'd like to imagine... And from reading the book as well, I like to imagine that he he probably did reach out to him, yeah. and uh, and it would have helped. Mm. For a personal one for you, I mean, you've the job that you're in and the circles that you you know mm. delve into. You've you've you're around superstars, but for you that must be a I was a lifelong saying, highlight. Sid, you can hear it in that chat, like starstruck. Don't really get starstruck about anything. But even after when like mics were down and. There's going to be some great pictures of you and him having a chat about, as you say, growing up. And you said, oh, well, I grew up not, not far from there. Yeah, but you had a real good man, sort man. of just open discussion. With, with you said it at the start, Crouchy. We had the same upbringing, both in Pinner, yeah. both big Watford fans. You know, obviously we took slightly different paths <laughs> in life. But, you know, there's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of similarities there. I'll never forget it. Yeah, just touching on the book, like I... Uh, I haven't been able to put it down. Like I, I absolutely love the book. Like, I'm not just saying that. I genuinely like really, really love it. It's right up our alley. It's like uh, just the kind of the history of it, like how he got into it, and then uh, you know, obviously um, Graham Taylor was was manager of Lincoln. He had first division clubs after him, and then him kind of going out after him, getting him in. He actually met him at his house, and uh, it was it was. I'm sure it was Elton John's mum that kind of he, he said it was his housekeeper, but it was actually Elton's mum. So. Graham, yeah, this little fly buzzing around you at the moment, Crouchy, I'm well aware of. It's yeah. uh, distracting. It's quite uh, distracting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, you're, you're right. And I think, I, like, what a mad situation for him to be so significant in music, but to then be 
to people have that kind trusting of his opinion yeah. and and then have the, have the success that he had as as chairman but no it's not just Watford success so you you you'd know um obviously being a Watford fan but like I, I think people forget kind of the, the the level of success like that he's had. It's, it's Division Four, so the first division, yeah. right? They finished second to Liverpool, yeah, which would be the equivalent of the Premier League now, right? Mm. So yeah, well, yeah, and the Liverpool team in the eighties, yeah, the eighties well. team, right? So they finished second, and it wasn't even that they weren't far that far behind them, and and, and an FA Cup final like in in, yeah. in that many years, it's an unbelievable rise. What would you have like Elton John as as chairman as well? If you're a player for Watford, does it? Does it necessarily add something when you're thinking of what club you're going to join? Because you definitely get the call from Elton, don't you? It's something we didn't actually go into him with it. But I think he does sort of reach out to certain players or maybe he brings in some players. But but having that, what's both of your perceptions of Watford as a football club and that association with Elton? And it must be something that's quite appealing about the club. Yeah. If you've got a big owner... That like he, no, well, he, doesn't, he doesn't get much bigger than him. I mean, if he's calling you to say, I want you to come and join... Especially if, even if they're in li- the top, the, the sorry, the bottom division, mm. you know, if they're in division four, and he's calling you, and you could go somewhere else, there's there's got to be a attempt to go. Seen, oh, I'm going to get involved in this. Yeah, we've we've seen it now with like with like Wrexham things like that. I mean, like obviously, like I know they've got they've got a few crew as well can back it up, but they've also got the owners. It's kind of like like people listen if they pick up the phone, you're not you're not going to not answer the phone, are you? No. <laughs> like you in the car, you were saying. Yeah, you know, like. But Sid, you looked at one point when he was talking about scouting players. I don't, and I don't want to put negativity into this, but are you slightly gutted you never got scouted by Elton John? Because <laughs> I did see, I did see that little twinkle in your eye when he was talking about it. Uh, no, no. <laughs> to be fair, he did. He did know a lot, didn't he, about all of us? Yeah, yeah. He was like, you know, even about the knockout penalty with Leicester. And, he's, and then he went to me. You played with him at, at Brighton. Yeah. He, 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 he knows just stuff. So like, knowledgeable. It's unbelievable. Like, how knowledgeable he is about football. You know, with um, big owners and clubs, have you had situations where you both have been kind of, I don't know, swayed by the owner, or, have, or maybe got some perks because the owner is dot dot dot. Well, I, t- I told free you, Elton yeah. tickets for life, really, Ooh. isn't it? If you play it right with him. I told you the Defoe story, didn't I? Like with uh, at Toronto, Drake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's a mad one. So like, That's he, a mad one. he's called him and gone like, you know, we need you, we'll, we'll sign you. And he said, oh, like, yeah, definitely. He said, we'll meet up as soon as you get to Toronto. We'll meet up. So. The foe goes to Toronto, signs the contract. I think he signed like a three or a five year. It was a long deal, wasn't it? And I never saw him again. <laughs> Son, signed the contract. And one phone call, yeah, signed a deal, no problem, signed it. Never saw him. Said, oh, sorry, mate, I live in LA. <laughs> this is how he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the phone was like, oh man, I'll so be hanging out with Drake wow. in Toronto. <laughs> he, he owns the club, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah well, he's been yeah. Drake baited. Yeah, yeah, he's literally, so he's called him and he's gone, oh yeah, it's Drake. Because he, he thought he was messing about. Yeah. Said, no way. And he said, no, no, honestly, it's Drake. And it's, uh, he thought he was going to be going out for lunch and all that. And, nah, I, I think know. the American teams really leveraged their celebrity yeah, angle million percent. getting players over. Yeah. I think they call. I've seen yeah. it with Will Ferrell actually. I think he made a call for someone, didn't he? Because he's owner or part owner of one Ooh, of the clubs. LA, LA and he made. Yeah, yeah, he bought. I swear, he bought someone in by. I might be making this up. But I'm sure in an interview I did with him, he was talking about how he had to make a call to a player. I quite like that. Though. Well, I, I remember quite... when I went to Liverpool. I remember Stephen Gerrard doing it. He yeah, for like young young players and stuff like that. Like meeting. You know, I remember Theo Walcott was a, was an op- was an option at one stage for mm. Liverpool. I think he. I think he met him. Well, Stevie. Yeah. I think that well, you had a conversation with him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but you do that, especially away of England camp as well. You know, if like if you're if you just got in the England squad, 
and Stephen Gerrard or a John Terry or Frank Lamp or yeah, someone like that yeah. is, you know, you should come to you, you United know, or Chelsea. Or, you know where Elton was talking about coming into the changing room before a big game and it could change the yeah. way that the game went. Mm -hmm. I appreciate what he was saying and, and I'm sure actually that would have been the case because it's a reminder of what you play, you know, the megastar walks in. Yeah. To be fair, I've heard him sort of quite rousing speeches when he's performed at Watford and I've heard him bollocking people and it's like, it's he can give it some, yeah, you know, he's yeah. a passionate guy. Um, how much influence do you think chairman or those people should have when it comes to the game day? And when, did you ever have that where like yeah. the owner or the chairman would come in before a game and it, and it genuinely affected it in a positive way? Or is it a bit weird having that world in your changing? It, it happens quite well. I'm not sure about now, but it did happen quite a lot. I mean, when I was at Reading, so John Madejski, he used to come in quite a lot and give a speech, but it was kind of the same speech and he used to finish it off by saying, and bring home the bacon, you know, just for them. And like, it got a little bit, it got a little bit sort of every sort of monotonous at Fulham, uh, the late Al Fayed, oh. he, he used to come down quite a lot as well and do a speech. Do you know what we used to be, got, um, you're talking about perks, we got a Harrods. I remember that. That was a big shout for me when I almost went there. <laughs> What did you get? <laughs> it was a big one. It was a big one. Did you get a card or something? Oh, we got we got yeah. we got minimum forty percent off of everything. Forty percent off. Yeah, and then even on sale day as well. For, yeah. But what would you have to do? Forty percent off anything. 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 That's damage. What? What? So that was good. Did you take him up on his offer? Would he have to be with you or could you oh, just no, walk no, no. in? Oh, no, no, no. He's got a card. Yeah, he's got, yeah, he got, got a card. And that was it. You just literally, you'd go upstairs to the uh, personal shop, like the personal shopping and you'd... Straight upstairs to the puddings. <laughs> 40 percent Straight up puddings. They're lower ground to the left. <laughs> <laughs> no, only, yeah, but he used to come down and do a speech as well. And he used to... Because I get it, with, with the owners, the game day is their day. They're not there Monday to Friday. So they, it's them to bring... I don't know, a few friends. Entertaining. Or, yeah, and like they, they, I mean, our fight used to walk around the pitch with swinging his scarf mm. and then come do the speech and then enjoy that day. So mm. I get it. You know, Roman mm. Abramovich used to come down after the games, never before, but yeah. Uh, some some players, can, I don't know, some owners seem to get away with it. Like Elfide, I think, for some reason, I don't know, he was bubbly and like... It's characters, like isn't it? That's Sam Hamal um, at uh, Wimbledon. Do you remember Trim room, Like, he was in the change room all the time and he was. it just looked like he was part of the, the group. I yeah. remember him. I remember when he was at Cardiff as well and uh, down the tunnel, as we were about to walk out, the two teams are there. You'd think he'd be up by this time yeah. in his box and what, he used to come down, he used to go, come on boys, big bonus today if you uh, if you win and he used to just get a wad of 50s out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously it was tongue in cheek but he was just like, okay. you know, the last little rousing speech to, for the, like, the uh, I think it was, yeah, it was Cardiff at the time. Yeah, yeah, Minion Cardiff, Park. Yeah. There's probably a, a whole podcast we'd be doing owners. on owners. Oh, oh, like, there's wow. millions. Like, obviously I, we had um Milan Mandaric, and yeah. I remember him, him coming down and uh, he, he, he decided to not pay us for that month because we didn't win. I was, like, I, was, I was like, we can't, you just can't do that. <laughs> That's not how it works. I said, well, you haven't won. <laughs> well, like, I, was, I was 19, I was on a decent, like, um, yeah, for me, I didn't have any family or I was earning too much money for me anyway, yeah. really, at that time. So I was like, oh, I'll get that. And then all the lads with mortgages were like, you can't do that. <laughs> you just can't do it. Uh, obviously, he went to the FA and he, he didn't, but he was tried to do it. And he came down and he was, he kind of had an American accent and he'd say, 
Um, I don't want to come down to the, to the locker room and everyone go, oh, kind of mm. lost us there, really. Yeah. And then... Yeah, the, I think if they come down before, it, that seems, in my mind, that seems okay because it makes you, if it's a FA Cup final or something like that, big day, you know, I get the hospitality yeah. bit. Yeah. The after bit, or worse, half time, I don't know if that's ever happened, no. but, but after it, my concern would be they've probably had a wine, you know, oh. uh, and they've got access to the club... And then Delia? you have a Delia yeah. situation, don't you? But yeah. in the dressing room. Yeah. I think it's with Delia. That was a live game on Sky Sports yeah. in front of the crowd. And yeah. she was actually doing a team talk for the crowd rather than the players. Yeah. Let's, be think, Let's be having you. Let's be having you. Would never go away. Well, it's a special Ever. moment for me. I think it's like Delia's up there with Keegan for me. I'd love it if we go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the same level, and it? it's top five, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> As a producer, you're rubbing your hands at you keep them going. Keep this going. This is gold. TV gold. I tell you, was the most genuine owner, and I loved him. Didn't we spend a lot of time with him? Was Peter Coates? Oh, brilliant! At Stoke. Yeah, that's so true. Because you, you actually, he was there a couple of days in the week, wasn't he? Just genuine, sit in the canteen in the corner. You know, money because he had a real passion and love mm. for that club, didn't he? And Amazing. the story about it is great as well. But he mm. was he was one of the most genuine, nicest ones. Yeah, great, definitely. great guy that he is. Could do an owner's pod at some point. Yeah. I think there's some amazing stories out yeah. there. Yeah, oh, sure, definitely. All right, uh, got one, one last message here from a non. Uh, he says, I'm a police officer in an unnamed North London station, and I've done this for 12 years now. On a recent Friday, I was tasked with driving the prisoner van for the night. So me and my colleague, I like this already, by the way, uh, me and my colleague stuck the pod on. Then suddenly we got a call to go to transport a geezer who had just been arrested for drunk and disorderly. When we got back in the car after making the arrest, the pod starts playing and the, and the geezer who has been nicked, uh, let's call him Phil, hears, the song, hears this and sings repeatedly at the top of his lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Put it is massive, everywhere we go. Put it is massive, everywhere we go. I think we know the rest. Everywhere we go. He did this for a good five minutes. This actually calmed him down as he was pretty anti-police prior to this. <laughs> Sounds like a crouch rest car. <laughs> but ended in us uh, chatting about the pod, our favourite episodes, and just general football chit-chat whilst right. waiting to enter custody and book him in. Now, when you arrest someone, obviously they get cautioned. And when they're booked in, they get asked various questions by the sergeant and it's all recorded, can be used in evidence in court. Uh, anyway, so he's getting, we're getting booked in. Uh, the arresting officer's, officer's telling the reasons he got nicked and the sergeant just says to him, uh, do you understand why you're here, mate? and you've been acting a bit silly whilst drunk, then decided to punch a police officer when he approached you. To which Phil replies, I get that, Sarge, but the silly wanker is a proper Carl. <laughs> and I can't, and I can't, and can I just say, puddings is massive. <laughs> For the record, puddings is massive. Imagine that as your defence. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, oh, I don't even know what to make of that. It feels like he's really calmed down after singing... Puddings is massive. Let's focus yeah. on the positives. Which, which yeah. is a real positive there. Let's focus on the positives. What this suggests to me is, and I wasn't aware that you could listen to podcasts or music or whatever whilst transporting prisoners around <laughs> yeah. or like police. I hadn't thought of it. But isn't that brilliant? We should encourage this more because it clearly works. Mm. Or maybe they just need to pump the podcast out into town centres late at night. Mm -hmm. You know, just because it clearly had a good yeah. effect. And, well, and, and obviously, like, we obviously tried to, Maybe don't condone the, the, the obviously the punching of the police officer. But once getting in, the calming down, I think is is good. Mm. Yeah, it's it's lovely that this podcast can provide peace. 
tranquil, soulless peace. Mm. They should have a speaker that, that fires it into the into the cage at the back to mm. calm these animals down. Yeah. yeah, well, if you do... Like, I like the idea as well that people work shifts and have the podcast on. So if you are in the emergency services or you do kind of play the podcast as part of your job or maybe you work in, I don't know, like Mackey's or something and you pump it in there. I don't know if that's allowed. Like, let us know how you're passing Ooh. the pod because it all counts. And all counts. fair enough to the police. And and in some ways in this instance, the uh, criminal themselves mm, yeah. for promoting the podcast. <laughs> They're all passing it. Yeah. This yeah. is great news. Yeah. For well sure. done, guys. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> But yeah, like, you know, it's a bit we can't condone there, but well done on the ending. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to loadofpricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Loadofpricks, loadofpricks.net.